Hello, and welcome to Stegman Elliott's podcast on Employment Line Canada, where we discuss recent trends and developments in employment law. My name is Patrick Asimini. I am the Employment Group Section Head in the Montreal office. And today my guest is Sharif Elkouri, a member of the Employment Group in Montreal. Hi, Sharif. How are you? I'm good, Patrick. Thank you. Very good. So, Sharif, uh, we know that in March 2020, when the pandemic suddenly hit everyone, employers had to basically very quickly turn around and make everyone work from home. And as we are slowly coming out of the measures and coming back to the office, at least in part, uh, what would you say the pandemic has taught employers about remote work generally? I think the pandemic taught us a few things about uh, remote work, but most importantly, it taught us that telework is not the the, the free-for-all Wild West apocalypse that, that some feared it would be. It's not the end of productivity. In fact, telework, well, it works. And so now, even now that telework is no longer mandated or semi-mandated, we see that many companies are trying to get their workers back to the office gently, delicately, one incentive at a time with free lunches, social initiatives, gifts, the whole nine yards. And the reason we see that companies are not quickly moving for a 100% physical presence in the office, it's because companies realize that telework actually offers many benefits that make it attractive to employees as well. It reduces transit time, it offers better work-life balance, Telework is, in many cases, not only flexibility as to where you work, it's also often flexibility as to when you work. So it offers more flexible work hours and makes it easier for employees to incorporate healthy habits and family life into their work schedule. And so, of course, I mean, the last thing the pandemic taught us about telework is that employees, well, they love telework as a general rule. If we look together at some telling statistics, In March 2022, uh, the second anniversary of the pandemic, Amazon Business Canada released a survey in the form of a return to office report. It surveyed close to 1,600 Canadian office workers. And in that survey, around half of Canadian office workers say that working mostly or entirely remotely is their ideal scenario. And 43% of Canadian office workers say that they would actually be likely to look for a new job if their current employer forced them to come to the office on a full-time basis, 43%. And even Statistics Canada released in 2021 a labor workforce survey, which also had some telling numbers for us. Uh, 90% of teleworkers reported being at least as productive in telework as they were before in the physical office. And what's telling in that survey as well is that 80%, again, 80% of employees wanted to work at least half or more of their time from home. That's So 80% are in favor of at least 50% or more telework. And out of those 80, you know, 41% wanted actually most or all of their hours to be worked from home. But 80% is a big number. So obviously it shows us that employees love telework. Now, to be clear though, Patrick, telework is, it's not all candy and roses and bubblegum. There's a pervasive side to it. There is a dark side. There are potential negative impacts and repercussions of telework. So we cannot imagine that this is the the holy grail. However, we now know it does work. It's not a synonym of chaos, 
but we just know how to make it. Uh, we just need to learn how to make it work better for employees and for employers alike. Now, now clearly, notwithstanding what you are saying, the statistics, the preference expressed by many employees, ultimately, some employers are still attempting to reverse course, um, maybe not at 100%, but there is clearly a will to move towards a hybrid environment. And, and as you mentioned earlier, there may be positives in telework, but there are also positives in being in person, at least some of the time. Why would you say employers are in fact trying to reverse the path of telework and to bring people back to work at least some of the time? Well, you're absolutely correct that employers are trying to do that. And um, I don't believe that employers are doing that only because, you know, we had to do telework. Now we're not forced to do it anymore. Let's go back to what was there before. There's a lot more thought that goes into it. And I think employers are in good faith trying to mitigate what they see as a negative impact of telework. In fact, even when I was telling you before that 80% of employees wanted telework, well, that means that 20% of employees wanted to work mostly or exclusively from the office. So the question is why? And, and I think there are fundamental issues with telework. From the employer's perspective, Telework presents at least three fundamental challenges. The first challenge is the issue of supervision and control. And the point here is not that, you know, we have to presume that employees are not honest or that they would spend their time playing PlayStation instead of working. That's not the point. It's much more nuanced than that. It's that employers, even presuming that everybody acts in good faith, employers still need to rate performance, distribute workloads, so they need to understand what their employees are doing, to what extent they are busy, etc. And that is much more difficult to do in a telework context. Second, telework remains an area of, of, of self-governance for businesses. There are no specific statutory parameters. To be clear, Patrick, I mean, all the general employment laws that apply to employers will apply in telework. And for example, and you've written a blog on this, workers' compensation and health and safety laws may apply as if the employee's residence is a workplace. However, employers are the ones that have to put in place the rules for telework. They have little guidance from the legislator. And so the question becomes for employers, what do you do? How do you regulate that? At the beginning of the pandemic, many employers thought, well, let's put in place a telework policy. That's good. But now we learned that properly addressing telework requires revamping terms and conditions of employment, looking at things beyond just one policy. Think of your non-competes, your non-solicitation covenants. Are they adapted to telework? When you terminate employees, what are the processes you follow? Are those adapted to telework? So it goes, it goes beyond just having a one-pager that you call telework policy. So that's the second challenge that comes with it. And third, as I said, telework can have a negative impact on employees and on employee retention. This is ironic because, in a sense, telework is right now a fundamental tool for retaining and attracting employees and talent. And you, as you know, we're still facing a labor shortage, so that's important. But at the same time, it has many negative impacts for employees. And what we see from the statistics, what we see from the data, is that there are three major negative impacts of telework on employees. First, as I mentioned, because of the difficulty tracking and controlling workload, employers are not successful in ensuring that the workload is distributed equally. So the first problem running into is not lack of productivity. It's actually 
some employees being overworked. Second, telework can corrode team spirit. It can chip away at the sense of mutual belonging within a company and the team. You know, the loyalty that people feel to their employer, to their companies, it's not some abstract intellectual exercise. People connect with their colleagues, they connect with the workplace, they connect with their superiors. And through those multiple connections, that's where we have a synergy that's created. That's where loyalty comes from. So telework's negative impact on team spirit and the sense of belonging can be very detrimental to employee retention and to workforce morale. Third, telework can lead employees to feel isolated and unsupported in their work. And when I say unsupported, employees tend to perceive a lack of support by their colleagues and by their superiors. This, of course, can create workplace issues for the employer, retention issues for the employer, but also mental health issues for the employees. In in early 2022, the ENSPQ, the Institut National de Santé Publique du Québec, released a report with some telling statistics. And in it, we see that, among other things, but in the in the proportion of people that rated telework and and were asked what is the the, the major inconvenience of telework that you see 35 percent said their workload increased 33 percent said their sense of belonging to the organization diminished 24 percent said they received less support from the employer 28 percent said they received less support from colleagues so you see there's an underlying thread there are three major areas overwork lack of belonging and sense of isolation and lack of support. Those, I think, are the fundamental issues of telework when it comes to employees. Now, you know, I, I've been saying for a long time that telework movement that occurred in March was sudden and really something that people didn't really have time to think about. And that was what I will call the honeymoon period, which clearly is over. You are raising some very uh, telling points and statistics, how do we, in fact, mitigate the concerns that you just laid out? Well, that's that's a million dollar question, ultimately. And look, there's no magic formula. We don't have a one size fits all solution. Employers know their business better than the lawyers, better than anybody else. They know what works for them. They need to work with their support, with their consultants, with their counsel to come up with solutions that are tailored to their business. But what I can tell you is what we're seeing, you know, from many clients. The first thing is what you already mentioned, hybrid systems. You know, telework has many benefits. It's not perfect. Physical presence in the office has many benefits. It's not perfect. Well, maybe a hybrid system allows us to take the best of both worlds. And that's why we're seeing a lot of employers asking employees to come back on a limited basis to the office. Look, it may be for some companies that it's a gradual process and that what they want is 100% return to the office. But for many of our clients as well, they actually appreciate the the benefits of telework. They just don't want it to be the exclusive formula. And they're looking at, you know, two, three days a week at the office, and they see that this hybrid system would allow for mitigating the negative impacts of telework. That's the first option. Second, I think the most important one perhaps is frequent communication. I mean, we saw it during the pandemic. A lot of our clients, a lot of companies, you know, conducted town halls, events, one-on-ones. And at the beginning of the pandemic, companies felt they needed to do this because of COVID, because of the anxiety created by COVID. But now we know that frequent communication is essential to also address the anxiety and the 
negative impacts created by telework, not by COVID alone. And so frequent communication is key. And in that context, check-ins, supervisor check-ins that are frequent and workload supervision are key to ensuring equal distribution of work and to allow employees to give feedback and feel supported. And one more point perhaps is, I cannot stress important, uh, enough the, the importance of unstructured or informal interactions. There's a, le a certain level of formality that's associated with telework. You, you know, even when you want to have a team's coffee, you book it in advance, there's a slot in the calendar, there's a link. So it's formalized. And perhaps part of the solution may be injecting more random and unstructured conversations, water cooler conversations online if you want. Planned touch bases are great, but a certain level of frequent and unplanned interaction could also be good in generating and creating and sustaining team spirit. So I'll tell you, those are some of the solutions that we're seeing. And of course, the key thing is also making sure that the virtual workplace is safe, which means ensuring that it remains free from harassment and intimidation, etc. Well, if my last question was a million dollar question, here's the two million dollar question. How do you think telework will evolve in the future? And I know that is a very difficult question because what we have learned from this pandemic is that we don't always know what will happen next. But what do you think is likely in terms of how telework will evolve in the future? Yes, I mean, I mean, look, we all had the very clear understandings of what's going to happen in the future two years ago. And now, you know, one pandemic, one war and economic, uh, one labor shortage and economic problems later, I think we're all very reluctant to predict the future. Nobody has a crystal ball. However, what I can tell you is my, my perception is that telework is going to go through a transition. We're no longer going to be in what, what you mentioned was, you know, crisis management mode. We're going to be in a more and more of a planning mode, a mode where we properly think out the ramifications, the consequences, and as well, the modalities of telework. And so I feel once this occurs, there will be limitations. The form of telework will change. However, its benefits may actually become even more palpable for employees because measures that employers will take will allow them to have more of telework by design, not telework by urgency. And that's what I see happening perhaps in the future. Now, in the few minutes we have left, of course, as we are thinking that telework will become a permanent condition of employment for many, uh, whether in whole or hybrid, what would you say are some uh, key takeaways for employers who are now thinking about or revisiting their telework policy or implementing one because they haven't done it yet? Well, that's a good question. And to keep it very practical, I would say three things in terms of planning. One, broad planning. And what I, what I mean by broad planning is what I mentioned before. Telework is not only about one policy. Telework properly addressing, designing telework can be about a holistic review of terms and conditions of employment of parameters. So that's how we need to think. Are your restrictive covenants, as I mentioned before, adapted to, to work, your employment agreements, your termination procedures, etc. So broad planning one. Two, careful planning. And what I mean by careful planning is because we're no longer in crisis mode, we have to be careful about the solutions we imp implement. Sometimes the remedy can be worse than the problem. Uh, for example, you know, employers feel they cannot get a sense of how much employees are working. Well, if they just go ahead and implement constant and intrusive surveillance measures on employees, well, then you can have a whole different can of worms. There are strict legal requirements that govern surveillance and remote, re remote surveillance as well. 
especially when it is continuous. So I think careful planning means making sure that the remedies are adapted and as well consistent with, you know, employment law, privacy law, and all the other parameters. And finally, I would say diverse ownership of planning. You know, HR has definitely a role to play in telework, but also telework can be a retention and traction tool. So maybe your hiring team has to be involved in particular. Telework can have tax consequences. The tax team may want to, to be sure that it, it also provides input from an operational perspective as well. So I think employers should just think of telework as not something that is exclusively owned by an HR team that designs a policy, but that has broader operational repercussions, that has repercussions on retention and attraction of talent, and that should therefore be dealt with through multiple actors within the firm and stakeholders within and outside the firm as well. Sharif, this has been a fascinating conversation. I am certain that we are not done talking about telework and, and thinking about these policies. So I look forward to seeing you in a few months and talking about this uh, again and seeing how it unfolds and how it, it evolves. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. My pleasure, Patrick.